0: welcome to another episode of the leafcast takes by leaf for leaf yo as always i appreciate you tuning into the show you could be doing anything with your time right now but you choose to rock with me and i appreciate you so we are still waiting for the final results of the election but as i have predicted not only would Biden win, but it turns out that Biden will win substantially. Now, what I mean by that is there's two ways to look at what substantially means. So I think there was this, oh, we're going to get this blue wave, and hey, you didn't get a blue wave. Well, I would argue if you end up over 4 million votes ahead in the popular election, if you end up, it looks like you know, at least 306 electoral uh, college votes, which is the same amount that Trump won in 2016 when he beat Hillary Clinton, I think that's a blue wave. But I think we have to look closer and understand what a blue wave really represents. And I would argue it's not so much a blue wave, it's a black wave. So let's think about this for a second and unpack the numbers. First off, as it stands right now, um, Friday afternoon, Joe Biden is ahead in Pennsylvania. Joe Biden is ahead in Georgia. Joe Biden is ahead in, Atlanta, uh, in, in uh, Arizona. We don't know what the po- uh, final tally will be in uh, North Carolina, but he's definitely ahead in Nevada. So there's really no pathway for Trump to win. So let's just level set on that. But I think what's interesting is we look at the popular vote. Joe Biden is at 50%. uh, Donald Trump is at 47.8%. We're meaning Joe Biden approximately is winning right now the popular vote by about 4 million folks. In the polls leading up to this, just the popular vote, uh, Joe Biden had a lead anywhere between seven and 10%. So the question is, and I think what, you know, a lot of folk on Fox news would ask is, well, he didn't win by seven to 10% in the popular vote. He didn't win uh, excuse me, Florida. You know, he didn't win Iowa. He didn't win Ohio. So there was no blue wave. Well, I think two things can be true. One, yeah, great, he didn't win those places, but what I think really is pronounced here when you take a you look at this. So when he beat Hillary Clinton, one can make the argument that Republican voters didn't really know what a Trump presidency would look like. They were voting for change. They were tired of the incumbent. They didn't like Hillary Clinton in terms of what she stood for, et cetera. They wanted something new, fresh, blah, blah, blah. They voted for Donald Trump. As soon as Donald Trump got into office, the first thing he did was a Muslim ban, and it was a shit show ever since then. So you just think about the Muslim ban ban, the building of the wall, um, you know, which is utter bullshit. Uh, Charlottesville, uh, the Mueller investigation in terms of him cozying up with the Russians and Putin throughout this presidency, impeachment. When she was impeached by the House, that really did happen. I think sometimes people forget about that. And then finally, most egregious of all, irrespective, let's set aside the racism, is his handling of COVID. He's on tape, acknowledging, lying to the American people about how deadly COVID was. Yet when you look at the total results here, close to 70 million Americans voted for Donald Trump. 70 million Americans. So you can't have an excuse, right? 2016, you can, you know, if you want, you give people the benefit of the doubt, but now there's no fucking excuse. You are who you are. One of the reasons why Trump has been so successful, and you, if you recall, even through his worst, most egregious times, he didn't get under 30% or 39%. He was always at over 40% in the polls, popular vote. Never got under 40. Two things to think about, you know, people attack the pollsters, oh, the pollsters were wrong. No, I don't think the pollsters were wrong, but the pollsters don't have lie detector tests. And a lot of Americans are shamed to admit or acknowledge their racism or tacit racism by enabling this fucker. One of the reasons why Donald Trump has been successful is that he has done the thing and unlocked in the Republican party what George Bush, what Mitt Romney, what a lot of other Republicans fail to really grasp. The key demographic for Republicans are racist. Let <laughs> just go back. This is a fact. The key demographic for Republicans are racist. That's just the way it is. Now, Hillary Clinton called them deplorables that got her into trouble, but the reality is that's his core support. And what Donald Trump did, different than any other Republican in the history, well, except for George Wallace, Is really just acknowledge that and embrace it. Embrace the racists. Embrace the Proud Boys. Embrace Charlottesville. Embraced it all. And by doing that, what he basically said to any other conservative or Republican is "fuck you." So he made a calculated, you know, kind of you know, met a decision. Say I'll embrace the racists. You can either go along with the racists and get conservatively what you want, or you can get the fuck out of the party. Gary Cohen, or Gary Cohn, is one of my favorite examples of what Republicans did. Gary Cohn came from the financial services industry. Gary Cohn came into uh, Trump's administration, served for about two and a half years. Gary Cohn's Jewish. Listen to Donald Trump talk about Nazis, didn't say shit. Now, let's think about that for a second. You know, people always want to attack Tim Scott. But what about Jewish Americans who were in the Trump administration and didn't say shit when this dude is talking about Nazis? They put your people in ovens. And for whatever the reason, this Faustian bargain of saying, hey, I'm going to hold my nose while this dude talks about Nazis because I know I'm going to get tax breaks. That was the bargain. So that's, that, that's literally 70 million people right there. Either you are a racist or you are a tacit racist by going ahead with this and saying, hey, I think the tax breaks or whatever else that Donald Trump has promised me is better than the non-racist. And if you wanna take a route, let's separate out the racism for a second. Let's just set that aside, because I wanna talk about this from the lens of white people. There is a pandemic. We are at the height of the pandemic. Millions of people have been infected by this disease. We are now closely, we're steadily climbing to over 300,000 deaths, maybe more. This guy is having rallies where no one is wearing masks. They are packed together. He's literally held super spreader events throughout the election and white people still voted for this motherfucker. Now, I don't want to absolve, because there were some black folks that voted as well for Trump. I don't want to absolve them, but I just want to kind of let that sink in for a second. 70,000 folk, after all the bullshit, still thought voting for Trump was a good idea. So what should we take from that? I hope, I hope that Joe Biden, because I heard him say, statements hey, you know, I'm not just going to be the president for, you know, blue states, for red states, and all that kind of good stuff like that. At a certain, type, at a certain point in time, the Democratic Party has got to let it go. Stop trying to appease white men. They're not going to vote for you. 70 million people have told you this. this whole, I want to be conciliatory. Hey, no, fuck them. Fuck them in the eye. Fuck them. 70, 70 million people have told you how they feel about you. 70 million people have said, hey, fuck science. 70 million people have told you that. So at that point in time, I don't know what you can do to try to convince 70 million people. But you know what you can do? You can focus on the 74 million people that said, hey, I think science is a good thing. Hey, I think the rule of law is a good thing. Hey, I think black lives actually do matter. Let's focus on that 74. And if we are to focus on that 74, then we need to stop again with the appeasement and focus on the issues that are relevant to that 74. Obama won the presidency and was able to, and got two terms by focusing on people of color and then any other white people that wanted to come on board. That's all he The pushback came in 2016 when Trump, and rightfully so, he can make the argument that the reason why he became president was because of Obama, because white men finally started to realize that they were not relevant in terms of the national election. They just didn't have the numbers. Trump comes in and he's able to tie these two constituencies together. The racists and the conservatives, come on, let's get together. And this is 70 million folk. But I would've beat Hillary Clinton, but it didn't beat Joe Biden. You can say a lot about Joe Biden. I don't think he's the perfect candidate. What is my first pick for being president? But the one thing that Joe Biden understands or at least I believe that he understands, is the pivotal role that Black folk have played in his life. And I'm not talking about when he was five years old, you know, he had a Black nanny, manny or something like that. I'm talking about Joe Biden was a senator in Delaware. Okay? Let's go back in time. Joe Biden was a senator in Delaware, pretty much washed up. He had tried to run for president three times. He lost three times. The third time he tried to run for president, he embarrassed himself so much with some ridiculous comments about how Barack Obama was a clean candidate. They literally just got laughed out of the election. But for whatever the reason was, and I, trust me, I was not a fan. That's not what I, was. I just didn't understand the logic behind Joe Biden when Obama picked him. Wasn't like Delaware was a swing state, but I say, you know, fuck it. He got Joe Biden. So, off the political scrap heap, President Obama found Joe Biden. When Joe Biden, this is a true fact, the only things about him are, you know, I find to be interesting. As his eldest son, faced the prospect of resigning as Delaware's Attorney General, amid health concerns, <sniffs> Vice President Joe Biden received an offer that floored him. Financial support from his boss, President Barack Obama. So this is a real story, and this is taken from CNN. When I recall the story came out, um, Biden describes an in interview that basically says, look, it goes to, Obama and he says, you know, Obama's talking to him. He's like, hey, how are things going with your son? You know, and he's worried about, you know, Biden and how he's going to be able to care for his family. And Biden says, don't worry about it. I worked it out. So, worst comes worse, you know, Jill and I will sell the house. We'll be in good shape. Obama pushed back on that and vehemently told Biden that he should not sell his house. Don't sell that house. Promise me you won't sell the house, Biden continued. Obama told Biden, I'll give you the money. Whatever you need, I'll give you the money. Promise me, promise me you won't sell the house. That's Barack Obama. People need to kind of flash back because everything, you know, we, we focus on things that happen immediately. But just go back and just think about this last campaign or the Democratic campaign. At a certain point in time, Biden looked dead in the water. He had lost Iowa. I believe he, fis- he finished fifth in New Hampshire. And he was limping into South Carolina. And then a black man, Jim Clyburn said, I know Joe Biden and I endorse Joe Biden. Joe Biden went on to win South Carolina, swept the rest of the primaries, the majority, and then became the Democratic uh, candidate. Joe Biden then selects Kamala Harris. There was discussion leading up to that for progressives and everybody else. Maybe you should get Whitmore, the governor of uh, Michigan. Maybe you should get, you know, Culver the senator in Minnesota. And it's like, I'm so, again, at the very least, Joe Biden is pragmatic enough to understand that black folk have carried him at his time of need. Black folk. And I would venture to say he would have lost this election if he had nominated Whitmore for vice president, picked uh, Klobuchar or any of these fucking white women for vice president he'd have lost. Because Detroit wasn't going to come out for Whitmore like they did with Harris as VP. Philadelphia wasn't going to come out for Klobuchar like they did when Harris was his VP. Apply it to Georgia, apply it to North Carolina, you apply it across the board. So at a certain point, I think pragmatically Biden understands where his core support is. And to make it, let's just make sure that we understand that there's a difference between progressives and the black vote. The black vote largely is a little bit more, I would say a little bit more, probably largely more conservative on many different issues than quote-unquote progressives are. So Bernie Bernie Sanders and the Bernie bros, AOC, great to have you in the party, but you're not at the front of the line. The front of the fucking line is black folk. And it's about time that we get our recognition and we get our due. Stop the pandering to white men. Stop the bullshit. Let's just call a spade a spade. Understand that half the country is racist and work work on getting the half that is not racist out to vote in every election. That's a winning formula. Can we stop with the madness? Stop trying to make white people Feel comfortable. Fuck you. But what do I know? So one of the things I want to talk about now is just kind of where we are in this. Um, right now, the president of the United States, Donald Trump, is statistically statistically losing the election. Well, actually, he statistically has lost the election. Now we're just counting that, counting it out. That's been kind of was a wrap a couple days ago. We're just waiting for the death knell. And what has to be excruciating for him? And if you watch Fox News, it's amazing to watch. Because I don't understand what happened. Donald Trump was up six hundred thousand votes in Pennsylvania, and now he's down. What happened? Donald Trump was up in Georgia, and now he's down. What happened? It has to be cheating. Stop the vote. That was literally a thing, stop the vote, right? I believe it was yesterday, Donald Trump tweeted out, stop the vote. This aides had to come and grab this motherfucker to explain to him, if they stopped the vote, then that would have basically conceded the election to Joe Biden. Because he is ahead in Nevada. He is ahead in Arizona. He was ahead in Michigan at that time, and still is, and head in Wisconsin. So stop the vote, wouldn't stop shit. So then he comes back with, stop the fraud. Well, if there was fraud, the only fraud that I've seen, legitimate fraud, electoral fraud, is the president of the United States telling voters in North Carolina to vote twice. That's fraud. Everything outside of that is just noise. But the problem here is not the common sense that you may have, not the common sense that, you know, your friends and family may have. The problem is crazy white dudes. Let me just give you some examples of what I'm talking about. This happened yesterday. A Republican firm run by a top aide to the president's 2020 campaign appears to have helped send unmarked text messages on Thursday that urged supporters in Philadelphia to converge outside a building where local election officials were counting ballots. This is real. This happened. This is the text that was sent out. Alert. Radical liberals and Dems are trying to steal this election from Trump began the short text sent in hours before the former vice president took the lead in the state. We need you. Show your support at the corner of 12th and Arch Street in Philadelphia. I know exactly where 12th and Arch Street is in Philadelphia. <laughs> this is in Center City, Philadelphia. Show your support. Later on that evening, police in Philadelphia detained two men late Thursday after they received a tip that an armed group from out of the state was headed to the city's voting center where final ballots in the presidential election were being tallied. Think about that for a second. White folk jumped in a Hummer and drove to Philly, I'm assuming armed to the fucking teeth, trying to storm the ballot ballot box where they were counting the votes. They tried to do that in Detroit. They sent white people into Detroit, GOP people, they ran into Detroit, they actually ran into, they were successful initially getting into where they were counting the votes in Detroit, and finally the sheriff's office had to come and get them the fuck out of there. But the whole part is, these motherfuckers are now literally trying to cause insurrection. I don't know what else you can call it. These are legally cast votes that should be counted I still have not heard an argument, whether it's on Fox News, whether it's the president, whether it's Sinclair Media, whether it's Breitbart. I've not heard any realistic or any real, even if it, even if you don't agree with it, I've not even heard a logical argument about why you would not count these votes. But yet now, white folk are threatening to run up in the offices where they are counting the ballots and stop the shit. Why is this of issue? Because I think it foreshadows something that we really need to understand. And let me just read to you a little bit. Let's go back in the history machine. Timothy James McVeigh was an American domestic terrorist. He carried out the 1995 Oklahoma City uh, bombing that killed 168 people and injured more than 680 others and destroyed one-third of a federal building. The bombing attack was the deadliest act of terrorism in the United States' history. People like to say 9-11, that's not true. It was Timothy McVeigh. It was a crazy white man. McVeigh sought revenge against federal government for the 1993 Waco siege siege that ended in the death of 86 people many of whom were children as well as the 1992 Ruby Ridge incident and American foreign policy he hoped to inspire a revolution against the federal government and defended the bombing as a legitimate tactic against what he said is a tyrannical government and I remember when Timothy Vay is now, he was executed and I found it convenient that he was pretty much charged, he was executed. No one really talked about the fact that, or at least it was alleged at the time, that he did all this shit on his own, which I just did not believe. But the point I'm trying to make is when the President of the United States comes out late yesterday and just starts talking bullshit and making up crazy stories, he's not talking to you, right? He's not talking to that 74 million folk that voted for Biden, that voted for common sense, that voted for science, he is talking to the 70 million folk who literally thought, hey, maybe the pandemic is the hoax. Maybe the Russia investigation is the hoax. Maybe impeachment is a hoax. Everything is a hoax besides what Donald Trump tells me. And the real fear here is not so much, hey, are we gonna be able to count the vote? The real fear here here from me is what are these white men going to do next? Remember Pizzagate? The motherfuckers came into a pizza shop in Washington, D.C. because they believed that Hillary Clinton somehow had some type of child porn ring going, remember that? It's a real thing that happened. If you think about the mass shootings, mass shootings that have happened in the United States of America, the majority of mass shootings have been done by angry white dudes. Think about that for a second. Kyle Rittenhouse killing Black Lives Matter protesters in Wisconsin isn't like an apparition. That's not... It's like, oh my goodness, I can't believe... There is a fucking pattern of white men losing their fucking minds when they can't get what they want. So as we move further on, keep your eyes on the prize. And the prize isn't just, hey... Joe Biden is now the president-elect. The prize is we need to, number one, appreciate the power of the black wave, and number two, be mindful of white retaliation once they realize the impact of the black wave. So... That's kind of where we are in this election. I know, I hope you're upbeat. I am upbeat, despite you know some of the gloomy talk, I am upbeat. I'm excited about where we are, but I also acknowledge that there's a lot more work to be done, this is just the beginning if we wanna get to where we wanna go. One of the things that I wanna point out here as we move towards the end of this uh, episode, let's give some props, not just to black folk. Let's give some props to black women, but let's give some props specifically to Stacey Abrams. Right? Stacey Abrams has worked for over a decade to allow for what we see in Georgia to happen right now. She has been busting her ass, fighting voter suppression in the state of Georgia. They asked Stacey Abrams if she would run again in 2020, and she said no. She was focused on making sure that black people were able to vote in Georgia, and look what the fuck she did. Look what she has done. Now, people can say make fun of Stacey Abrams or Wade, etc., but this is a serious competent black woman who got some shit done. Kudos to her. You want to talk about some real heroes here? Stacey Abrams has to come to the top of the list. Because what's happening in Georgia is bigger than just Joe Biden. Right now, there are 48 Democratic senators. They just named uh, the astronaut in Arizona. He just became the 48th Democratic senator. There are 48 Republican senators. There are two Senate seats up in the state of Georgia. Because the election results were so tight, there is going to be a recount in the state of Georgia For those two electoral seats. Those two seats will change history. Remember, if you can go back, think about when Obama was able to implement the Affordable Care Act. It was when he had a Democratic House and he had a Democratic Senate. If you don't have the Senate, then you can't Appoint Supreme Court justices. Remember Mer- Merrick Garland? If you don't have the Senate, it's unable for you to legislate. McConnell has shown you for eight years when Obama was president, that he had zero interest in doing anything other than appointing Republicans to the judiciary. What do you think he's going to do now? So the key for a successful 2020 to 2024 is to be able to retain, or not to retain, to get those two seats in Georgia. It's not enough just to have a president. You gotta get McConnell out of power. And the way to get McConnell out of power is through Georgia and the way to win Georgia is through black vote. And if that is indeed the case, it's time for the American public. It's time for the Democratic Party to fucking acknowledge that. Let's go. Um, it's an interesting time. I want to wrap this show up. Just telling you how much again, I know it's been stressful. It's not been easy. But progress is never easy. But we are on the verge of something monumental. We are on the verge of acknowledging the devil that we know. And we are on the verge of doing something the fuck about it. So as always, stay safe. Stay situated. Stay calm. And most importantly, Stay positive. Peace.